CZP, what's up, dude? What's happening? Been a minute. Well, dude, it is, not only has it been a minute, I'd pull it up right now to see exactly what it is, but May 21st of 2021, I think, was our last episode. And May 24th, actually. So shout out to Mitch Florence. I'm pretty sure that's his birthday. It is his birthday. I remember that. It is. And Flint's is the... The 11th. The 11th and mine's the 17th. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. That's what we call May right there. Dude, that was... You turned what? You turned 31 then? I sure did. I'm 32 now. <laughs> okay. Well, feels like a frick of a lot longer. Dude, what you been up to? Tell us about Oh, all man. Um, we both have quite a bit to fill in, I guess, huh? Dude, you could say if we were to channel our inner Charles Dickens from 1859... What's the quote? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. Hold on, it did was you? Spring of hope. It was the winter <laughs> of despair. Did you have that pulled up or is that memorized? That's memorized. Oh my gosh, everyone. Uh, Thank, shout you. Out, Thank you. Shout out, shout out to the. Uh, English major here, Colby Berg. Um, let's That's see. Hard, like, uh, go. Uh, Emily, Emily popped out another kid. <laughs> um, number two. Number two, Elliot Chase Pruitt, born October 1st, 2022. Um, was a way better experience this time around. Pretty crazy. Um, labor was like literally one third the time. And he's an easy baby. Shout out to him. Jamie's nice and old. He's going to preschool now, a toddler preschool. Shout out to him. Really fun. We moved. We built a house and moved about 11 minutes further south away from you. I'm trying to get as much distance between me and yourself as possible to um, prolong the sickness that will slowly consume my body as it has consumed you. It's only Um, gotten worse. (laughs) And uh, what happened last year, Cole, about this time? First of all, before we start anything and before we go any further, it's only right. It's about 4.40 in the afternoon, but... It's a good crack. A healthy good. crack. We're going on about 500 milligrams of caffeine today. Completely unnecessary, but also very necessary. Dude, so... What? May, May of 2021, um, we were flirting. Well, I guess we'll say... We'll put it this way. We have an obituary to write. For those of our listeners that go way, way back, um, since the beginning, we had a segment called The Grass is Greener. R.I.P. Kurt, as a married man, would uh, talk about the travails and triumphs of, of being a man of a house in charge of other human lives. And I would talk about the travails and triumphs of being a single bachelor in his late 20s, early 30s. And uh, all that has officially, as of October 1st, 2021, come to an end. Um, Lace and I, we did the thing, got married, and uh, it was a freaking awesome day. It was honestly the perfect day, and you played a major, major role, as did Emily, of course. But uh, for those of you that don't know, Kurt officiated the wedding up at our cabin, up in the pines, as the, the leaves were changing. It was a perfect day. Feel free to visit my Instagram to see highlights. But uh, yeah, Kurt Kurt stole the show, honestly. It was one of those things where we thought the day was going to be about us, but uh, <laughs> he, he did such a good job with, uh, you did such a good job with the, the officiating that all anybody could talk about was like, oh yeah, nice, congrats. By the way, who's that kid that officiated? He killed it. And it was uh, all well-deserved. 
I don't know about stealing the spotlight, but I will gladly, and I am actually demanding from this point forward that I be referred to as the Reverend Curtis Pruitt. You actually, I've made two changes in my phone recently. You, you are the Rev in here and, uh, you're, you're the Rev number one. Sorry to, uh, Rev from, um, uh, wow. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, he lost the spot as number one rev. You're rev one. And uh, Carl Hafen is officially, this is going to be sick, but the Swedish word for wizard is troll Carl. And so now Carl in my phone is troll Carl because that's too perfect. So we've, we've made two adjustments in the phone and uh, that's a, a major, major update. Troll Carl, wizard, Carl Hafen. <laughs> okay, well... I- <laughs> I think out of everything that we've covered, the biggest changes in our lives are those two updated phone names. So congratulations to you, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, dude, it's, uh, yeah, it's been nuts. And uh, you, could, you could say that, going back to Dickens' quote, those are, those are the best of times. Um, springs of, of what? Light? I can't remember. Uh, spring oh, of you hope. can't remember now, even though you just killed the entire segment Seasons of light out. and spring of hope. And even though the seasons are off a little bit, um, it's honestly, it really has been insane, dude. Life, life has been too good to us. I feel super blessed. I know you do the same. We surrounded by a bunch of great people, but, uh, as, as many of you know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, content of this podcast is directly related to the Utah jazz. And so Dickens quote, uh, becomes ever more fulfilled. If we were to speak about the unraveling of uh, the Utah jazz over the last one and a half years. So where do you want to start with that? Dude, so let's just start with the trip down memory lane. Uh, our last podcast was a game one reaction. We had just lost to the Memphis Grizzlies in game one of the 2021 playoffs in the first round. Donovan randomly supposedly woke up sick, I think is what happened. Um, Marcus, or no, Mar- no, yeah, it was freaking Brooks. Was it, is it Marcus Brooks? No, Dylan. Dylan, hello. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Um, and John, everybody, uh, went to town and beat us in the first round. And little did we know, I mean, we were the number one seed in the West. We had everything in front of us, all the glory that we had hoped for and leading up. This was, this was the prime quote unquote, the window. And, uh, within, I think what, three weeks, we, we finished off the Grizzlies as we should have. So we up, went up two on the Clippers. Everything was looking bright and positive. Kawhi was down, Paul George was down, and uh, obviously we became completely discombobulated and unraveled, and uh, Terrence Mann finished us off with a just, a just a walloping, dude. 39 points in the last game. We were eliminated 4-2. to We lost four straight to the Clips, and pretty much everything went downhill from there. We lost after going up 2-0. Clippers won four in a row. The year before in the bubble, we lost two. Denver after going up 3-1 and all seemed to be the same problem corners they we just had wide open corner threes uh we couldn't punish in the paint and you know after after that year against the Clippers we seemed last season just super disinterested um the team the marriage seemed to be over um and that's what ended up happening right I don't think we need to go too much into what you know Donovan and Rudy left. That's old news at this point. Um, Quinn's gone. 
Bogey's gone, essentially. We I remember we were like, we're going to do a pod here soon, and we're just going to, like, do we react to this? Well, it's hard to get time together. Should we just wait till we know what happens? And, you know, there was so much going on that it was just like, hey, let's just keep waiting. Let's just keep waiting. And here we are. Team is now essentially set in stone unless we move a couple veterans here. Um, but it looks like our team is now this new this new look of a bunch of young – I'm calling it the dog pound, right? So things have changed. Um, there's a sadness of, you know, a team that I really liked, had a lot of players that I really liked and cared for. Um, it didn't go as far as we would have liked. And that's the hard part about being a fan, you know? It shouldn't be that hard, dude. That's what sucks. It's the, the hard part about being a jazz fan, unfortunately. If we think back of all the podcasts that we recorded, getting Flint on the day that we were the, the day that we traded for Mike Conley, saying this is it, this is our competitive window. Two, three short years ago, and now um, I went to well, I went to the game last night, but I went to the preseason game, and now to still see Conley dressed in a uniform after everything that had unraveled with the rest of the dog pound, dude, it was. It was weird. It was like, uh, I think I said this, it's like after a girl breaks up with you back in, you know, back in the day and, and you've, you've kind of moved on a little bit and you've, you have, you have a new sense of direction and then you open up your glove box and you know, you find like one of her hoodies or something on the wire hoodie would be in the glove box, but you okay. just see something that just kind of lingers there and it's just kind of weird. Yeah. And it like kind of takes you back and, and Mike and, and JC are a fragment of, of what could have been. And they're still around and it's, it's hard to fully uh, not move on, but just get past the fact that they're still on the team, even though the team has a completely different direction now. It's weird. It is weird. I think it's a whole new identity. And I think um, a lot of that equates to bringing on Danny Ainge and letting Danny have full control over what we're trying to do. I don't know what Xanax's real role is. Is he the mouth of Sarn at this point? <laughs> Dude, he might be at this point. I, when they when they announced that he got an extension a couple days ago, I'm just thinking like, what does he even do? Honestly, is he the know. one that just runs the payroll? Like, I know the general manager. Is he the one that's doing the hiring of the ushers? Like, he certainly doesn't seem to have any active involvement in actual player transactions. That's for sure. No involvement in any ultimate decision making. It seems like. Um, I want to. I do want to bring up one thing. There is one more scar on this roster. That has the old regime written all over it, and that's as a bookie. However, he how how he's still on this roster. It's almost like us walking down King's Landing with the shame bells behind us, letting us know what we what we did and who we hired and what Dennis Lindsay left us. Um, ultimately, that decision alone, if we could find one catalyst of why we imploded, it could have been that decision picking Azubuki over. Um, who was who was on the board? Dave McDaniel's uh, and Desmond Bain, dude. Yes, yes, those two. Plug those into the wing defender that we needed with those teams. That could have been a championship or at least a Western Conference Finals appearance. And here we are. We are a completely new team in a completely new direction. Um, but let's – I don't want to get too much held up on the past. Like I said, it's a new day. The sun has risen. We survived the storm. We look different. We've grown from it. Um a little depressing because this is the same thing that's happened about every eight to 10 years as a jazz fan that I can remember since the Carl Malone Stockton uh, era with Boozer and D-Will. Um, after that short rebuilding session, you know, we build that team. And then in about eight years, it crumbles. 
Um, then we have a few more years of rebuilding where we're thinking Hayward, of all people, is going to be our savior, and he leaves the team. And um, Donovan is the beacon of hope, and then the Donovan Mitchell era ends with Rudy Gobert ending as well. And here we are. It's a cycle. And I just want to firmly place where I want to be on this, and I'm, I think you're on this ship with me. Because... Um, Beat writers and, and David Locke, Locke and Tony especially, are saying that this team's trying to win games. Do we truly want this team to win this year? Or do we want to go all in on a tank mode for potentially the best NBA prospects since LeBron James? I think this is, this is, the, this is the, the, the hardest question. This is the question that pretty much every Jazz fan has to answer, dude. And the way I see it is I was talking to Flynn a couple days ago, or actually not a couple days ago. It was, it was a while ago at this point. But after we traded, after we traded uh, Rudy and Donnie, and you know, he, and not to throw him under the bus because he can't defend himself because he's sick, literally and figuratively. But you know, he, he was content with, with running it back with the same team or trying to, you know, after we traded Rudy, like keep running back with Donovan. And, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of jazz fans, I guess, are content with the team being quote unquote competitive, you know, four or five seed every year and just being there and, and they're just happy to be there. But when it comes down to it, the only way to win a championship, unless you're the 2004 Pistons, is you have to have a top, at least a top 10 player on your team. And simply put, dude, if we want to win a championship, our team last year had maybe, maybe two top 25 players if we're being honest between uh, and maybe top 20, I don't know, but certainly not top 10. And so the only way to get there is to be bad and to break it all down and to hope to high heaven that one of our million picks is good and that we draft, whether it's Wembenyama who scares the piss out of me still um, from a fragility standpoint um, or, you know, some other, some other prodigy, so when it comes down to it, we really we don't want to win games this year, and it's hard. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to to admit, I guess, because in the past when we broke it down, we knew we weren't going to win games, and we it was it was one of those things where we. But at least we're like, oh, we're young. We have Trey Burke, and obviously we know how that turned out. Or oh, we're young. We have Derek Favors. Like we have a core of young guys that will grow up and compete. Whereas with this team, it's like, we don't know who's going to be around in a year or two. No. And there was a future. We saw a future even when we were lousy. And it was, mis it was misguided. I mean, those guys didn't turn out to be who we wanted them to be. But at least we had hope that that was the team that was going to turn into something. Whereas we know that this is a piecemeal roster that is basically assembled to maybe play hard, but probably not win a ton of games. And that hurts. They're what the only one that we've re-signed, like we extended Sexton. And that's about it. Um, I like. I personally think of all people, uh, Walker Kessler actually is a diamond in the rough and is going to be a good NBA player, um, Dude, which will be a piece going forward. Really, um, really solid. He's really good. Um, but like, like you're saying, it's it's like a point solution for a year right now. Like, and it, we're going to see what happens. We're going to play 82 games and. But I'm with you, all right? We need we need to get out of mediocrity. And some people might think home court in the first round year after year is not mediocrity. And it's a good team. It is a good team. 
But I'm done with that. We've been doing that for 20-something years. First and second round exits are something we're real familiar with at this point. Right. And it's time to... It's really just time to do what's the proven, not the Utah Jazz method of... Because, I mean, if we go back and we want to, like, really think about it, I'm sure the Millers obviously wanted to win a championship, but money, making money was important to them, and you do that in the playoffs. That's essentially where you start seeing things go green in your NBA pocketbook is when you make the playoffs. Okay. We're going to have, we're going to see good return on the Utah jazz this year. So obviously making the playoffs, they had a reason to do that. I'm hoping Ryan who has more money than anyone would ever need in their life would be okay to suck for a few years and really push for a championship. Cause that's the ultimate goal. I've been pretty pessimistic on the way the league set up and how the NBA just works that I honestly don't know if the jazz can win a championship, but if we can somehow get obviously Victor Wembenyama or Scoot Henderson's incredible too. And there's a few other guys in this draft. I think that there's a top five players are legitimately going to be stars, multiple time all-stars. But if we can get land one of the top two, specifically Vic, like that's a chance that like turns your entire franchise around for a decade. So we got to go for it. So when I see Tony tweet things like, no, this team's trying to win. I've been saying this for six weeks. Why? Like, why? Realistically, why? And to, I guess the question is, when he says this team, is he referring to the players on the court or is he re- referring to the, the organization? Because like, he, he, we've got dogs on this team, dude. Like, Not at all. I'm calling it the dog pound, dude. That's what this team is. Dog pound, dude. Shout out Damari Carroll. He'd be proud of this team. This team, <laughs> honestly, they're the Damari Carroll All-Stars is, is really what this team is all right. about. If I mean, speaking of players on this roster that I would like to see long-term, the biggest dog of them all right now, Vanderbilt. Let's keep him around. Jared Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> Sexton's going to be around. We're, I, you know, after one game, there's a lot of people that are high on a lot. We got to see a few games to really see the trends oh. and how these people actually play basketball. 100%. You know, I'm sure there's going to be just as many. I can't believe Sexton is playing, hucking up shots the way he is, as there is. Is like, wow, this guy cares about winning basketball games. I saw a quote, so sorry to cut you off, that said uh, from John Hollinger that said in a season preview for the Jazz a little bit ago, he said that they acquired Sexton and extended him. And he, something to the extent of Sexton is basically someone who was born to lead a 25 win team. <laughs> there you go. That's what so, we need. It's true. And I'll be honest, I went to the preseason game against uh, Dallas uh, with Lace, and I was just telling her how weird it was just being there because. Of course, the players, like, they're going to compete. They're fighting for jobs. Like, they want to win. They know that the not only this freaking state, but the organization doesn't really want them to win all that much. And it's got to be a weird – it's just a weird feeling. And, yeah. And then going to the game last night after we uh, surprisingly beat the Nuggets, dude, I, I went into the game, like, pretty apathetic and emotionless and really trying to separate myself from outcomes. And after we, we got up, like – 10 I was all in dude I was in love with the team I was I was ready to have my heart broken again yeah and it was cool to see him not blow a fourth quarter lead it was cool to see him fight and play super unselfish and uh I mean grind it out against Denver who's supposed to be pretty dang good I mean they've got the freaking MVP on their team right and so I I feel like 
it's going to be really hard to watch this year for that reason and that these guys have a lot of care and I wouldn't be surprised if like the team is too good right now that we're going to end up trading Mike. Like Mike seemed like, uh, I mean, one, it may be doing him a favor to put him on a contender, but yeah, he provided a lot of stability to the team last night, a super small sample size, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, that there's probably another shoe to drop if we actually do keep winning. Yeah. I think actually there will be a trade at the deadline or before the deadline with a couple players left on the team. Um, it's pretty ironic that our new uniforms or the one uniform we're going to wear more than any this year is black because this team is like taking the black and fighting on the wall in Westeros. We're the bastards of young. No one cheers for us, not even our home crowd, but we're doing, we're putting up the fight and we're going to fight for ourselves for the watch. So shout out to taking the black to all these players. For the greater good of uh, Westeros, AKA, jazz fandom that they're gonna have to take on some l's and uh it's, it's honestly to our own benefit but it is weird, man. we i think we have to embrace the moments like last night where we we got a win and the team looked really cool and there, there seems to be hope but uh I, I mean there's gonna be the league is good this year there's gonna yeah. be a lot of tough nights and the season the season starts with a brutal schedule so here's the thing I think more than anything, because there are going to be guys on this squad that will be a part of the future. We want to see competitive games, but we don't necessarily just want to be on top of the, when the when the buzzer sounds, right? We want to show we want to see a team that cares, that's going to try hard for each other and play defense. Not only just for the team and the players that are going to be on there, but what does Will Hardy have to offer, right? right? And I think being able to see Will's vision on the court is important. And if we can see a team that's playing together and care. Do you remember like when we played OKC in the first round, the year, the years we had Ricky on the team, like that was camaraderie. That was my favorite year of the Donovan Mitchell experience. Right. The camaraderie in that, that locker room felt like a high school team or like a traveling team where everyone was just best friends. We lost that along the way. And I just want to have like that vibe back in the locker room, a group of guys that are just like having fun together, care about each other. And just play hard basketball. And if we can establish that, I guess, establish that culture. And then when we get the pieces that are going to lead us to the promised land, it's already there. And they'll fit that mold. I mean, I have no idea what Victor Wembenyama, am I saying that name right? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just, we'll, we'll just follow like. suit. We can call him Wemby or we can call him Vic. Whichever. Stomp around, Vic. Um, either way, like, we just want to. We just want to build the culture this year and the next few years, and then whoever, whatever star is going to be, who are one and two options. I don't even think we have like our second guy on the team right now, or even our third guy. If Clarkson, because if it's going to take three to four years to rebuild this, Clarkson's going to be like 34, 35 anyway. He'll probably be gone, to be honest. He's 100%. probably our best trade asset right now, um, for someone like the Lakers, or another team that's like, oh my gosh, we have, we're so tied up in these players right now and we suck we need to we need to find another piece but i mean our one through three they're not necessarily on this team right now yeah no, sexton could be a third option he could be a third option but sexton? yeah sexton and he's yeah. extended he's the only one that's, that we've really extended but it's weird i mean it's just weird so let me ask you this cole out of the players that are new 
Who are you most excited for just to see play? And who are the ones that you're just like, nah, whatever? Um, I don't. It, it's kind of cool. Like Vanderbilt, for example. Like it's cool to have a big athletic. Yeah, I don't know. Someone that is just kind of a psycho. Like he's he's a little unhinged. It seems like in the best way. Like he just plays super hard. Um, and and that was really fun to see. You know, Kessler is just a classic kind of big center with honestly pretty good hands. I mean, for a rookie. Um, good hands and great footwork. Yeah, really comfortable around the rim. I mean, with Aaron Gordon flying at him and, I mean, DeAndre Jordan was floating around. Like, he went up. He went toe-to-toe with him and, and played really well. So that was fun to see. Um, honestly, Beasley's just a sharpshooter, dude. Like, Beasley was yeah, – he, he kind of put the dagger between him and Sexton right between the, the Nuggets back last night, and that was – way cool gave him a little shimmy yep um it but it is hard to say it's like i i think the player maybe i'm most excited for uh, i don't know i want to believe that there's more to sexton than what he showed in cleveland and he was good he was kind of, but he's kind of an empty calorie bucket getter in a way yeah. like if he can turn out to be uh, a legit point or two guard, you know, obviously him and, him and Conley doing a one-two thing. Um, he might be the one I'm most excited for, but that's kind of a lame answer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Walker, Kessler, Ranger. It's my nickname for him. Excited for him. Vanderbilt, um, our friends over at Jazz Nation News, is trying to get the, the nickname V8 going for him. Um, I'm going to extend that to V8 Splash is his nickname for me this year. Um, excited for him, obviously. I don't want to take away from you, but after that little shimmy on the shot from Beasley, I like to call him Mr. Wiggles. Okay, so if people, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think Colby Berg is the wizard, fish, whatever. His real name to me is Mr. Wiggles. So shout out Halo. Um, I think like randomly, like I wasn't so super excited for Markinen, but he's a good player. He can hoop, man. Dude, I forgot. I forgot about marketing. He was yeah. all over the place last night. He's long. To, uh, my my Finnish brother. Um, and I, I was like, a marketing jersey would be sick. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm already got to order my Kessler jersey in like every color but yellow. Um, but I'm not like Olenek is like whatever to me. Like, whatever, dude. You're starting on the team. Are you going to be around for a long time? Who knows? I guess he's Danny Ainge's boy. Apparently, we gave up Bogey for him, which is I feel like we probably could have got more out of Bogey, but what can you do? It is what it is. Um, real Realistic expectations. Where do you want to see this team end by the end of the year? I mean, I, I didn't notice. I should actually probably pull it up here. I want to pull up the standings from last year. Um, of the last, the worst four teams, because ultimately, the way the way the draft odds work is, we just need to be in the last four to have equal odds or the best odds at getting the number one pick. If we finish the worst or the fourth worst, our chances of getting the number one pick, I think, are fourteen percent. Yeah, and so, so it looks like the low last year was the Rockets at twenty. Then it went. Orlando Magic at 22 wins, the Detroit Pistons at 23 wins, and the Oklahoma City Thunder at 24 wins. Very impressive. Good work. Um, 
I, I feel like the team is currently constituted. I think we have a little more in us than that, which is why I think that some trades are going to be made and this team's already going to look different. Um, but I, I think I got to see, I mean, we need to be in the, in the bottom, you know, in the mid twenties or lower. Yep. Mid twenties and lower, but with 50 ish games being like competitive. Right. And it just sucks to think because of, of what that's going to take on a game to game basis. Like that's going to be super disheartening for, for the guys on the team, you know? Yeah. And ultimately it'll be disheartening for fans too. But I, even after we traded Donnie, um, in, in our chain, we were talking about hobbies that we were going to acquire. So we didn't have to submit ourselves to watching the jazz lose every night. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, as I, I guess I have two tips for all jazz fans out there. Just two. Um, the first one being, if you are of the betting type, I think you can get the over-under. I think the over-under for Jazz wins is 24 and a half or maybe 23. I don't know if that changed after last night, but this is the way I see it. Bet a sizable amount of money on the over. Because either way, you kind of win. If the Jazz okay. exceed expectations, we if we're over that, we're probably not going to get a top a top four pick. I mean, the chances are still there and that's going to be really depressing because we were probably, we, I mean, we probably didn't miss it by much. Maybe we win 28 games and we're still pretty, pretty lousy. And so at least you made a crap ton of money. Um, and then if we don't, you lose the money, but then we're in the, the Vic, the Vic sweepstakes. So that's probably, probably one way I'd approach it. If you bet. Okay. Like it. Give me another, Enlighten us on something else. Tip number two. I, everybody, you know, we all say we don't have time. Life is busy and life is really busy. Yeah. But if you think that there's maybe three jazz games a week and each one goes two, two and a half hours, I think everybody needs to look themselves in the mirror, do a little bit of introspection. I mean, we've all wanted to, you know, we, we all have an excuse of not having time to do something that we know we should do, whether it's maybe, I don't know, hit the weights. Maybe it's learning how to play a musical instrument. Maybe it's, I don't know, improving your relationship with your family, perhaps. That's kind of important. Whether it's learning how to bake goodies. Um, I'm currently eating an oatmeal scotchy made by Lacey, thankfully, and it's incredible. Um, a scotchy? A scotchy. Is that, what is, what's a scotchy? I don't know. It's, uh, it has like butterscotch. And uh, is it a cookie? Butter. It's a cookie, yeah. Uh, I'm actually lying. I already ate it. Now I'm eating birthday cake, uh, candy corns. I don't know if that's Interesting. Very interesting. Very good. Um, it doesn't taste like wax, like candy corn. Uh, yeah, kind of, but like a good wax. Interesting. Okay. 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 They're, they're solid. We're trying anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think we all need to have a hobby just kind of on the back burner that we all want to pick up. Cause six hours, you get really dang good at something or improve a lot in with an extra six hours added to your week. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I have been very vocal in our friend group that I'm going to get into whittling wands and selling them on Etsy. So, um, Ollivander, watch out. I'm coming after your, your market. Uh, gotta, gotta, gotta buy some wand whittling, um, hardware. I need, I need a saw or something, man. I don't know. I've never really worked with wood, but here we go. Hopefully I have all five fingers on each hand when the jazz win a championship and I can start putting rings on them. Uh, how many years do you think we're away from planning the parade, though? Well, I'm going to say four. 
Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna suck this year. We're gonna draft well in the next two. They're gonna kind of come into their own, but they'll still be on their rookie deals, and we'll make some other moves, maybe trade some picks. So year three and four. The 35th and 36th years of our lives, dude, those are going to be the golden years. Okay, so all of you fans listening from outside of Utah, start booking flights and hotels for the year 2026. Is that what we're saying? That's it. Okay, uh, you can plan in advance. Um, make sure you use promo code THOUGHTS when booking through Airbnb. This podcast is brought to you by Anyone who's willing to give us money. Airbnb, Rockstar. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Sears. Where else? We don't believe in the internet. We're going to still send you catalogs where you can send in mail-in orders, and we'll get you your stuff by the end of this summer. Sears. The Sears on 8th South and Main. <laughs> um, that's all under the assumption that the world hasn't blown up thanks to uh, nuclear war brewing <sighs> in the uh, Near East. So, okay. What's going to kill us first, nuclear war or climate change? Arsenic sand or nuclear winter snow? I don't know. Well, I guess if, if you're referring to kill us as in like Salt Lake residents or people in the greater metropo- Salt Lake metropolitan area, I'm going to say climate change because we're already getting these like flare-ups of arsenic that are coming up from the lake and they, it smells terrible. Like it happened a couple days ago. Um, the mayor of North Salt Lake went driving around cause she was getting a bunch of calls from residents saying, what's the smell? And it wasn't the sewer. It wasn't the whatever plant that, I don't know, filters all the shiz that goes through there. It was something else. And they think it was the arsenic that's starting to get blown up into the air. And uh, for those of you that don't know, arsenic is a poisonous mineral and it was used in the past by, uh, spouses trying to do in the other spouse and obtain uh, life insurance benefits. So Love it. it's been there, used and the, uh, has killed before. And there's an old movie called Arsenic and Old Lace with the very legendary Cary Grant, black and white. My mom and I used to watch the movie all the time. They use arsenic to poison themselves. So people, when you hear arsenic sand, it's legit and it's scary. Zero scape. Pumping the water from the ocean. I don't care. Whatever it is, fill up the lake. Hashtag fill up the lake. One of the, one of the other uh, developments in my life over the past couple of years is we, we did move into a new home in North Salt Lake. And we have a decent little view of uh, what was the lake at one point and a few of the puddles that remain that uh, are in between us and Antelope Island. Kind of and, the dead marshes uh, at this point. It makes for some incredible sunsets, I'll be honest. But yeah, I'm also reminded every single day that this used to be a massive, massive body of water that honestly kind of smelled, but you'd see like sailboats and stuff floating around on it back in the day. And not even that far. I mean, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and now it's nothing but dust. So I would have to guess that, yes, that will be probably the end of us here first before uh, nuclear war. But at the same time, we know who's got the nuclear codes and that could change tomorrow. Yeah. So... Cool, man. I mean, it's great. How's that for right now, dude? You got to love being in your 30s, just realizing where the world is and 
bringing children into it and you know you can't help but feel guilty sometimes that when i'm dead and gone uh, my my kids are going to be dealing with a lot of crap that my generation and their grandparents generation and the generations before them left them um but shout out to the pruitt bloodline this podcast is brought to you by the pruitt bloodline we were we've been around for a while and we hope to stay i will say this as an eternal optimist and i'll leave it here i do believe in the innovation and uh, just the abilities of humankind as, as a whole to figure this stuff out and provide us with a better tomorrow. We'll call it that. I am optimistic. Maybe I, I should love, be, but I am. I love the optimism. I love the idea of, you know, I personally think the answer is probably going to be in some sort of nuclear power with small amounts of nuclear discharge. That comes from, I believe, the nuclear fusion and not the fission. Which we have fission right now where you want fusion. Is that right, Kolb? The only thing I know about fusion is Fusion Frenzy from Xbox. That's a really uh, fun game. So I would think that there is, yep. there's some correlation there. So yes. Yeah, the science checks out there. Okay, good call. Yep. Um, anyway, um, even though I did go to school for four years on environmental sciences and actually do consider myself somewhat of an expert, I don't want people to hear it from me. I want you to go read journals and just you know just 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 don't necessarily waste water it's not hard okay um shifting gears Cole. what else you want to talk about today well i think we were talking about putting rings on your hand earlier in jazz dude can we just have a, a quick little update have you been watching rings of power More i have rings of yep. power wrapped it up this week for those of you that don't know uh the rings of power is on amazon i believe streaming on amazon and it is a prequel to lord of the rings it is a prequel to the hobbit um by i don't know how many years you would probably know more than i would but a few thousand a few thousand years, years. and so, uh actually uh, it's mm, yeah a few thousand years okay sorry go on no it's sweet it, it's it talks about the origin kind of the origin of gandalf um it talks about the origin of 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 course the rings of power um i don't know man i i think I'm very easily entertained and I have no idea what kind of reception that this uh, season has been getting from, you know, kind of critics at large, but uh, I enjoyed it. I look forward to it coming out every Friday and I thoroughly entertained. I do have a few issues with um, the, the precursor to the hobbits, the Harfoots. I've got some, a few issues with them, but aside from that, I think it's been an awesome story and, I keep saying I know, we know how it ends. We know where this all leads, but they've done a really good job at making it compelling and you know developing people's stories and you know filling in gaps. And so it's it's really really entertaining. Yeah, um, notably the most expensive TV series to date. I think it was slightly under a billion dollars. Season one, I think it was about seven hundred million to make, which is crazy. Um, That's yeah, they did a lot of things that on my side of like the technicalities of movie making and filmmaking that I like. Most notably, practical effect orcs are back. They used makeup instead of just CGI, um, which really was a huge part of why the Lord of the Rings trilogy felt more authentic than the Hobbit trilogy. Um, obviously, they took some liberties on the lore of J.R.R. Tolkien, and there's a lot of Tolkien heads that are upset with that. Um, if there's communities you don't want to piss off, it's the nerd communities who a lot of them look at these early uh, 
like the Cimmerillions and untold stories um, by Tolkien as essentially scripture to them. Um, some things were changed, but, you, you know, you got to realize, you know, stuff has to happen to be able to tell a story in a film format over eight episodes, about an hour long each. Um, I think, I don't know how many seasons they want to do. I heard maybe five. I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, things change and you got to make those changes to be able to tell, um, you know, TV's different where you have an arc within an episode, an arc within a season, an arc within a series. You got to be able to hit all those like turning points. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, I just love that world. I love going to middle earth. I love seeing elves and dwarves and not necessarily harfoots, but hobbits and men and what that means. Um, it's just great to go back. And I felt, I felt more connected to this series um, than I did with The Hobbit in terms of like, okay, this feels like Peter Jackson's Middle Earth. I don't know about you, but that's my opinion on it. Yeah, no, I, I think I did too. And um, I don't know, as someone who doesn't know the lore as well, and, you know, he's just there for, I would say I'm, I probably know more about what's going on than kind of your average people that watch it, but uh, not as much as the junkies. And I think that's a pretty good place to be. Um, and it's, it's honestly really fun. Lacey enjoys it. It's made for some, some good weekend, weekend viewing. And I think the only unfortunate thing is we have to wait, what, like two years until season yeah. two? Yeah. It's going to be a long time. Do you know, was it received pretty well by critics? I mean, obviously there's, there's the, the Tolkien people, but, uh, is it, I guess to not even critics, but by just the world as a whole or viewership, was it solid? Oh, viewership, yeah. Like, a ton of people watched it. It broke every record on Amazon Prime in terms really? of streaming. It was only second to House of the Dragon on, like, viewership in terms uh-huh. of, like, a series being streamed through the early fall. So, like, it's it's in terms of, like, a commercial success, um, I for sure would say yes. Um, critically, I think it's doing okay, um, I think fans, obviously Tolkien fans are hit or miss on it. Some people just like accept it for what it is. Then there's the hardcore people that just like hate it and will find anything they can to dump on it. Um, me Honestly, personally, those people need a life. Yeah. It's, I'll say. You know, um, I, I, what I'm excited about too is like, um, the showrunners have come out and said like, okay, we've heard the criticism of like season one. Like sometimes it's too slow. Um, sometimes it's too fast. Sometimes the pacing's weird. Um, we we hear it, and I think they're going to apply those to season two. And season two is going to be, you know, it almost felt like the first season was a giant prologue in itself too, because we're waiting sure. to find out who Sauron was, who's who's going it, to. It's Tolkien. It's good versus evil. Where's the evil line? Who's going to be on one side or the other? Um, there's going to be a little, you know, side piece of what's going on. Um, in Numenor, um, there's going to be factions there. They're setting that up. But I think going forward, okay, we have the three rings for the elves. I'm assuming the next seasons are just like the different rings and getting them out to different races. And it's all leading up to um, the battle that you see in the prologue of Lord of the Rings where Sauron gets his hand cut off and the ring um, goes missing. So I think that's what we're leading up to. We've met some key characters already um just getting some background on them 
and I can't wait to see what they do. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a great show. Cool. Yep. Well, we'll uh, I'll probably have to watch it a few more times in between now and when season two comes out. So maybe we'll have more to talk about then. But if you haven't watched it and you're looking for something to watch, hop on that. That is one thing that has changed in my life um, as as a married man. It is now uh, because Lacey enjoys her her nighttime nighttime show viewing and I, I never I, I don't know I was just like I'm going to bed at nine o'clock you know like I don't, I don't have anything to watch I'm gonna go to bed at nine I'm gonna get up right. and on with my day at, like a robot surely would and uh Lace has brought some extra flavor and color into life because the, the nine o'clock bedtimes have been pushed back about an hour and a half thanks to whatever show's going on and it's it's a big deal it is a big deal congratulations welcome to uh humanity Humanity, I got a new router, so I feel like an adult now because my download speed isn't two megabytes per second like it was for the first that, five months living in this house. That was a good I time. Microsoft for giving me laser speed. Um, what else is there? Yeah, good times, dude. Do you want to talk House of Dragon? You want to say that for another one? We should let's save it for another one. Okay, because it's not done yet. Yep. So if you haven't watched House of Dragon yet, everybody needs to get caught up on that and. Uh, We'll, we'll chat about that next week or whenever we do this again. I hope it's sooner than next, or at least next week. Got to get consistent, you know? Yeah, I know Got I made promises. I actually listened in, in the lead up to this one just to make sure I still remembered how to do a podcast. I listened <laughs> to what we just did. It was like 18 minutes long. And uh, I promised people would be back after the next game, which was, again, 18 months ago. So no promises but uh, because life is crazy. But I would like to think that we'll be back sometime soon. I feel like there's a possibility that we're going to need a support group if – the wheel falling off of my chair as this podcast was starting is any indication of what's to come and, and wheels falling off all over the place. We're going to need each other, dude. We're going to need each other. You know, you know, maybe we'll switch things up. You know, we're life's changed. We've grown. We might bring on guests. We might not bring on guests. It might just be us talking about whatever, but you know, what's not going to change. There's always going to be thoughts inside our head, Berg, and we got to get always. that into the airwaves. Always and forever, whether our millions of uh, listeners want to hear him or not, Kurt, it's well said. Uh, anything you want to sign off on, my friend? Um, right now, the Jazz are 1-0. Oh. It's an exciting Stop the time. count. Stop the count. First seed, Stop. baby. Stop the count, babe. All right. All right. Um, shout out to everyone who's going to listen to this, and it's going to be a surprise because we haven't said anything about this coming out. Um, shout out to Jazz fans. Let's not turn on each other. We're in this together. Cheer for the team. Cheer for basketball. Cheer for losses. Cheer for Vic. Cheer for Scoot. Just cheer, man. Get out. Get loud. Pandemic's I over. I was going to ask you before this, before, I mean, sometime during the podcast, I know we're kind of delaying an ending here, but in, in years past, I could never emotionally bring myself to cheer for any other team or root for any other team. And maybe there's a few players out there that I'm like, Oh, it's cool. Like Ricky, it's cool. He's doing well, like whatever, you know, but, uh, I, I still wanted to kick their butt anytime we played them and, you know, really couldn't cheer for any other team. Is there any team out there this year that you're okay with winning a lot of games or, and would like to see win the finals? Um, I'd like to see success from our ex jazz men. Um, I'd like to see Rudy and Don have good careers going forward. I would like to see, I mean, no, nah. There's not really a fan base that I'm like, okay, that's cool if they win a championship. Just a small market team. Just I'm sick of the, you know, just let it be a small market team. Shout out to Nick Greniger. I don't know if he's still a Bucks fan. I know he he exiled himself from Clippers fanship a while ago when Lob City became a thing. But I think 
I would be as far as like the truly competitive teams this year. I'd, I'd be cool seeing the Bucks win another one. Yeah, yeah, that's probably best case too. Is let the Bucks get one. Don't want the Suns to win one. No, absolutely not. Um, let's see. Man, is I'd it be really okay if the Heat won? I think. Who's? Yeah, but can not they? Philly, not Brooklyn. Absolutely not Boston. No one on the West Coast. Nope. I mean, not the Mavericks. Definitely not the Mavericks. I don't want Luca to win a championship. No, absolutely not. You know, this is a pure biased podcast. I can say what I need to say. I don't want Luca winning a championship. So. No, no. Man, I don't. <sighs> they're not good enough as it is anyway. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, there's really like besides man, there's uh, screw everyone, screw everyone. But Easy. go ish bucks. Go ish. Go get your championships now while you can, Giannis, because when Vic gets – when he dresses up in that purple because the purple's back, baby. Um, let's just make sure that uh, you get your championships in because the league's done for for 10 years. All right? I'm Vic. Quit stealing all the bread. <laughs> okay. And with that, everyone, this is the Thoughts Insider Head podcast. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening. We'll talk soon. Peace, everybody. What's my age